Hi everyone, today you're tuning in with me, Rizwana Manjur, on our In Conversation With series. In the hot seat, we have Robin Marchand, Head of Marketing, APEC at Shopify Plus. Flexible and fast to launch, Shopify Plus is a cost-effective enterprise commerce platform that's built for change. Shopify Plus simplifies the complex with commerce technology that's both powerful and easy to use, enabling you to sell at speed of change and grow with demand, on demand, using a platform that can handle up to 10,000 transactions per minute. Let's hear from Robin himself on why Shopify Plus is the Shopify we know and love, but supercharged with exclusive features and support. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me uh, on the podcast. And yeah, really great to be here, Riz, and great to be talking to you guys. Tell us a little bit about Shopify Plus. We're familiar with the Shopify brand, but tell us a little bit more about the Plus function. So the way we look at it and the way we talk about it is that the traditional SaaS model is broken. Um, so, you know, where, where companies spend millions of dollars, both on software and implementation, and this slow and cumbersome approach can't keep up with today's need for rapid, you know, rapid innovation that's moving so quickly. And, and the word that we can't avoid using, but, you know, COVID-19 is really pushing brands to quickly make e-commerce options available um, to their customers. And so where Shopify Plus comes in is that we empower brands to quickly launch e-commerce offerings, to connect with their customers, um, but, but to really importantly, but to manage their complexity. So instead of these brands having to focus on the technological implementation and, and the brands of the future speak directly to customers um, and it's key and we see this more and more and we all experience ourselves, but they need to build and it's so important to build meaningful relationships, whether online, offline, you know, through mobile or social, um, you know, brands have the flexibility now in this approach. And so Shopify Plus is driving a reinvention of what enterprise commerce means. Um, you know, the largest brands in the world are really having to give new life um, into to legacy retailers, for example, um, but also you know, creating that D2C relationship and D2C offering, whether it's for the first time or whether it's really helping these legacy brands have closer and more connected relationships with, with customers and, and consumers. Um, and CPGs as well, you know, rapidly bringing offline only brands back in line with customer expectations as well. Okay, let's set the stage a little bit more. How does the plus function set itself apart from the core Shopify functions? So Shopify Plus allows our most complex merchants to manage their businesses at an organizational level with more control and visibility um, across multiple stores through a single view. And this is vital um, as plus merchants, you know, often run dozens of stores across different geographies, time zones, sub brands and audiences. And they ultimately need to move quickly while having greater control over their operations to really scale confidently. And so in doing so, you know, Shopify Plus delivers, you know, the performance, reliability and scale required by these enterprises to effectively reach customers and facilitate sales, you know, anywhere and anytime which we are all becoming more and more accustomed to, whether it's your legacy brands or your, the brands that are coming online from a D2C point of view and scaling very quickly. Who are the clients you have on Shopify Plus and what type of clients best suit to take uh, advantage of your platform? Yeah, so Shopify Plus powers commerce you know, for the world's fastest growing and most innovative brands um, to Fortune 500s. 
you know, more than 7,000 brands rely on Shopify Plus um, and, and brands that, you know, we can talk about. So, you know, Chope Group in Singapore, Robinsons, Restans in the Philippines, um, and then over in Australia, JB Hi-Fi, mm-hmm. Allbirds, you know, great global brand, Frank Frank, Hong Kong. So these brands that have really kind of shaping that customer engagement and really kind of driving more of, of the scalability that they can have in a brand. Um, and the brands that are really kind of challenging the status quo um, and challenging the norms that we see in, in many, many engagements uh, for larger brands that and have enabled them to move very, very quickly, but ultimately double down on that customer experience. You mentioned earlier the impact of COVID, and we know it's been a challenging time for many brands. But let's pull back a little bit. I'm sure there were challenges predating COVID that the team saw, which made you want to launch Shopify Plus. Can you share with us a little bit um, what those challenges were? So I think it's uh, there's areas that, that that yes, you know, from from an Asia point of view, you know, is there is there does that differ to the global view? Um, but I think ultimately we're all in a similar boat in the fact that like, retail of 2030 was pulled forward to 2020. COVID's permanently accelerated the growth of online commerce. And, and we can't deny that it has fundamentally changed you know, the retail landscape forever. Um, and businesses are adopting you know, more of an omni-channel model, uh, which includes everything from traditional retail, storefronts, you know, your own branded website, um, and e-marketplaces, social selling, and other channels. Mm-hmm. But it's going to actually offer brands you know, sometimes more control um, over their brand um, and their customers compared with selling solely on, let's say, e-marketplaces, for example. Mm. And I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see more and more businesses adopt this model because it's 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 forced our hand to an extent and accelerated this transformation um, and accelerated the path that we were kind of, many brands were already on but it's just enabled us to think quicker because now the, the demand is coming from, from our consumers. Um, it's coming from the market. So where we, we don't have that choice or that luxury of time anymore. And so we've got to move quicker. So we're kind of seeing more and more businesses, you know, adopt the model, um, which enables them to sell to anyone, anywhere in the world through, through channels and platforms, which the individual consumers prefer and use frequently as well. I think that's the other key component to this. It's, it's you've, got to, you've got to be where your merchants and your customers are. And I think that's pivotal as we go through some of these changes that we're all experiencing now on a global basis. Now, I really want to come back to the point of being where the consumers are because I think that's really an excellent point. Um, there's always this ongoing debate when resources are tight of owning your own platform or being in, on a marketplace. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think the key, the key to here is it's how do you turn up? How do you show up and, and own your brand um, and making sure that, that you can have the conversations with your consumer directly and ultimately own that experience because it's that experience that's going to enable repeat visits and is going to strengthen your brand and your brand's, your brand's relationship with your end consumer. And so, you know, like we said, we're seeing more and more businesses adopt to this model Um, and like in Asia you know Shopify is you know we're helping an increasing number of you know fashion apparel brands health and beauty and consumer electronics brands do this you know more and more and more by providing more ways to sell their products and just lowering barriers Mm. that's enabling a better experience 
Um, yeah. And by doing so, you know, if, we, if you can provide more ways to sell your products, the, the consumer themselves is going to make their mind up in terms of, well, what was the better experience for me? Mm. How did I enjoy that? And what am I going to do next? And so you can have that control as your brand, you know, when you kind of start to switch more to a direct-to-consumer model um, and see that journey from repeat visits because then you have better control over your data, for example. And then so, you know, the experience that we've got and that we can see from a Shopify point of view is, is that's growing, you know, with over a million businesses um, on the platform across you know, such a vast array of countries. You know, it's the, the global retail experience is, is growing. You know, it's not going to slow down anytime soon. And so in that case, it really comes down to how can you better control the experience with your consumer versus, let's say, sharing that experience um, with many other brands in a similar environment. Do you think this conversation echoes the early days of e-commerce where retailers were almost afraid that um, e-commerce would maybe cannibalize their retail sales? Fast forward to today, uh, a lot of big brands and small ones as well have adopted e-commerce very well. So do you see a similarity with the conversations around marketplaces or owned e-commerce channels kind of uh, parallel to what we saw in the early days of e-commerce? I think so. I think it's, it's sometimes it's the same things, but maybe given a new marketing name. Um, you know, it's, it's customer services, customer experience. And, and, you know, you kind of look at it from an omni-channel point of view. Um, and, and customers will expect merchants to, to have a consistent voice across all platforms. Um, you know, a lot of companies have been working towards this in recent years and, and it, it hasn't changed, but you just kind of now start to call it different things. Yeah. But it's becoming an expectation rather than a nice to have. And so customers are going to expect, you know, consistent experience and will become frustrated when they're treated differently across a different platform, you know, from a, from a social channel, um, over email and, and how you show up and how you talk and engage with your, your merchants and your customers. And so if they're having to continue to repeat their customer data or issues they're facing each time they're going to, you know, connect and contact you, um, the data should really follow the customer wherever they go. Um, and that's where, you know, we're seeing this kind of uh, just a more broad focus on, let's say, omnichannel, but it also leads into this transparency. Mm. And we've got to be really honest with customers. Um, and we can see consumers will connect with brands that is a lot more honest, a lot more open, um, and a lot that are really kind of starting to, to double down on, you know, hyper personalization and how you can create those relationships with customers across whatever channel they happen to show up on to connect with your brand, your products, and your experiences. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head uh, on personalized experiences. Do you think there's a fear of new technology and managing it and understanding it that is stopping brands from venturing into creating their own new channels? No, I think it's it's providing an opportunity. I mean, the, the brands need to look could start to accelerate, you know, the execution of their digital strategy. And 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 part of that is really leveraging the data that that's going to provide to how we better understand consumers, to better engage, provide more insights and improve, improve overall business effectiveness and conversion rates. And what that's going to do is that's going to ultimately, have, you know, reshape retail value and enhance consumer experience. And ultimately, whether it's, uh, you know, a retail experience, you know, an overall business experience, a positive experience, you know, will inspire. It's going to inspire shoppers. It's going to inspire, um, you know, better engagement with your brand. And some of that needs to come back to your internal infrastructure, your own processes. 
and having you know efficient operational rules classifications response rates etc because it's people you know your customers are gonna you know they, they buy with their feet for example um and they're gonna and they're gonna show up in numbers and and guess what we're all hyper connected as well now so therefore you know good experiences bad experiences can be communicated very very quickly and so by providing you know shoppers um you know in our instance online and offline shopping experiences that are ultimately seamlessly integrated is going to provide you with a better opportunity to move quicker versus maybe your competition um, your direct competitors and those competitors now aren't necessarily in your geography you know they're they're global you know they're, they're turning up in different ways and i always look at it from a, a digital experience now is something that you're familiar with across a multitude of different buying operations so for example we're all now comparing how easy it is to let's say order food from any geography in the world that's going to turn up in my house in 25 minutes yeah and then so you're kind of going why can't other buying experiences be this simple yep. why can't you know how do i engage and, and book a flight or do or do something like that? why can't it all be that simple so you're not just competing with your own direct competitors you're competing with every digital experience now when it comes to your brand and yep. so it's removing as much friction as possible to enable that that greater customer experience to ultimately drive your own kind of brand engagement with the with the overall consumer so Robin, where do you see e-commerce growth really booming? So overall, in terms of from a numbers point of view, so you've got global retail e-commerce sales are expected to grow, you know, 16.5% in a growth rate to, you know, 3.9 trillion in 2020. Um, and we've seen a lot of that growth, obviously, in this first half of the year when something that wasn't really on anybody's planning um, for 2020, you know, struck in terms of COVID. But it, it's indicating that there's you know more than enough room for multiple channels um, including marketplaces and direct-to-consumer brands to grow um, it's not going to be necessarily dedicated to one or the other and if we start to look at some of the geographies so you know the Philippines and Malaysia are among the kind of nine countries projected to see more than 20% growth in retail e-commerce sales this year right. you know alongside China's dominance in Asia pack that's going to equate for you know over 62% of all digital sales um, and then when you start to look at the other parts of the world, you know, that's compared to 19% in North America and 12% in Western Europe. So really when we start to look at Asia Pack, it, it's significantly dominant in how it engages, you know, with the online digital experiences and digital sales. And we're going to see that continually grow as we're all kind of, the lines are blurred in terms of from one country to another. But like I said, we're all replicating the similar digital experiences that we're seeing from our neighbors um, and how that's building up. Thanks, Robin. That was really insightful. I guess if we are all replicating world-class experiences, um, my next question is, how can brands really stand out? Because if we're all creating great experiences, how can your brand zag when everyone else zigs? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's a good question in terms of what makes a brand stand out and we kind of touched on this it's transparency mm -hmm. but it's also we're, we're now we're all becoming a lot more innovative because we have to be you know 2020 gave us this kind of wake-up call in how we need to really fully understand how where innovation comes from how we as businesses can be more innovative because it's enabled let's say more nimble smaller brands to catch up so yeah. it's enabled other brands to kind of catch up with 
with legacy brands and, and let's say legacy retailers who had you know, a real dominant share of market. And it's enabled more agile, smaller, potentially brands that also had more of a D2C focus, less of a brick and mortar focus mm. to be a lot more nimble and agile. And so it's a real kind of flash in the eyes for all of us to kind of go, hey, you can't rest on your laurels. You've really now got to understand what is happening all around you and adjust accordingly. But as long as that isn't, it's not about keeping up with the brands next to you. It's about what are your customers looking for and what do you as a brand stand for? So when you're talking with that engagement piece, it's not just about having the latest and the greatest. It's about, is that delivering on the promises that you're trying to provide to your stakeholders, your shareholders, um, and ultimately, you know, your customers? What are they looking for in that experience? And how can you continually get better at providing what they need when they need it? And I think this also comes down to talk to them. You know, we've got to research and understand more about what our existing customers what they need and they'll tell you what they need but it isn't necessarily what's going to be the best thing for them and that's when you've got to work around with your business and a lot of now with driving more of a digital engagement and driving through digital transformation is going to provide way more insights than many brands have ever had before but don't just sit on it you've got to use them you've got to use these insights to continually innovate and drive better adoption a of your product to maybe a newer audience but be also to keep people on the platforms and on your, on your brands, because ultimately marketing hasn't changed as a function. You know, I still kind of distill it to three core things. You know, it's win customers, serve customers, keep customers. And as long as you're doing things to engage in one, two or three of those different ways, then ultimately, you know, that's where you're going to have a good brand experience and a strong customer engagement. So Robin, if I were to start a business tomorrow, say a bakery business, I might feel very intimidated because I have to think of social media, social selling, creating content, jumping onto e-commerce platforms, owning my own channels. It, it can be quite scary. What advice would you then have for someone like me who's just starting my own business? Yeah, sure. And I think, and I think that, is, that is definitely the challenge from the, the smallest of brands, even to the largest. Um, you know, we, we get bombarded with these messages of use this platform, try this approach, you know, this is important. No, now this is the next greatest, latest thing, et cetera, that you need to be doubling down on. I think a lot of it really comes down to what, what are you trying to achieve and how are you tackling, you know, from your product? It's, you've got a good product, believe in your product. And then so you believe in your product by creating you know, your own close knit network, et cetera. And I think it's, you know, in many industries around the world, it literally, we, it's changed everything right now. And so, you know, online shopping, we know is taken off in a big way. And so more and more people are searching for things that they never searched for before online from the smallest of essential goods, let's say baked goods, um, takeout deliveries. So it's become this, these smaller businesses have become huge, but it also kind of means that People around the world now, from all generations, income ranges, et cetera, and basically any demographic you care to name, are really adopting digital services and integrating them into their lives more than ever before. So it really kind of goes back to that point where what are you trying to achieve for your brand and how can you better connect closely with your customers? And then firstly, like, who is your customer? You know, you've really got to just kind of narrow down on that as much as you possibly can to find who that customer is. Who are you wanting to talk to? Who do you feel this product that you're trying to sell? How, who does it connect with and how? And then really try and understand more of that because 
if you're trying to sell to many and it gets very confusing and, and you kind of sometimes you can't actually see what's working for you because you're you're marred with all this kind of insight and data that you can't really utilize yeah. so you've really got to be able to optimize as much as you possibly can to provide more of that relevant experience you know yeah. so you know with solutions or services and that's never been more essential um so i appreciate it's not a really strong answer but it's kind of look at those trends that are being embraced by other brands around you um and maybe other brands that sometimes you're looking to try and emulate um and see what's working or even what's not working for them because ultimately and it may not even be in your country it could be other countries look look overseas look in other regions as well for other brands that are doing various things because ultimately you know it's looking at other retailers worldwide would attract and retain that customer attention because that's the other thing right now is it's not necessarily just the experiences it's the attention you know you kind of sometimes got to be front of mind and have a little bit of that repeat 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 so that you are there you know you're there when someone wants to make a buying decision and whether that's from a local grocers to you know a local bakeries to let's say your makeup manufacturers um a lot of the time people don't just hop online when they're looking to buy this product right now mm. people are constantly there so you kind of have to be be in in their face to some extent not in an obtrusive manner mm. but in a way that your your brand is continuing to recognize because don't just show up when you've got an offer don't just show up when you've got a marketing campaign be there in a relevant manner so you start to become highly engaged and connected with your consumers and your buyers but again narrowed down to who that is just to kind of help ensure you're having a regular connection with these brands to ultimately help you grow so they remember who you are where you are when they are ready to transact thank you for that robin so now that we're inching closer to 2021 what are some of the trends that you are looking out for yeah so <laughs> i think it's hard to predict next week let alone next year it's um it's i think i think i'm certainly not the last person who's going to say that it's and really this consumer behavior it it's not it never stops evolving um so the pressure is on all of us you know from retailers to marketers to keep up um or ultimately we're going to be left behind with this with this innovation and so like we mentioned you know in the age of covid you know we're we're seeing decreasing attention spans and increased online shopping so so we've got to be even more mindful of being agile enough you know to adapt to switching and shifts in consumer habits so i think in in many industries around the world you know it's literally changed everything so how we consume how we buy how we engage and and i think we we mentioned a couple of these things already on the call but um on the podcast but definitely you know omni channel it's going to be moving from a a talked about activity to more of a we've now have to do it and do it in a way that's that's improving the overall experience and growing and then equally transparency and this is one of one I want to focus on a little bit more because transparency is about you know being honest and open with with consumers and so showing up in a way that's authentic the benefit of doing that is then you're really having a relationship um with a consumer and just being honest in terms of hey we can't do this right now but we can do that etc and so creating relationships with consumers you know our customers on social media being friendly and personable towards them um and engaging in conversations and a dialogue you know not just having one way traffic but also you know if you make a mistake call it out correct it you know be honest and open about it don't hide things 
Um, and equally when it comes down to pricing and other parts of the customer journey. But I really do think that customer journey is something that's been talked about for years and years and years, but we now have to get better at that, I think, as brands and really kind of talking about that moving forwards. Okay, last question for you, Robin. What can we expect from Shopify Plus moving forward? Yeah, so so in terms of like Shopify Plus moving forward, so you know, it's it really is you know the ultimate retailing operating system, and it and it gives merchants the tools to embrace the future of commerce, online, offline, and really honestly everywhere in between. And and so we're building a solid omni-channel strategy. It's never been more important, and Shopify is here to help connect the dots in that overall experience. And we're going to continue to focus on building solutions and partnerships to help with that new breed of resilient retailers to successfully adapt to the changing face of commerce um, that has no signs of slowing down anytime soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of In Conversation With, powered by Shopify Plus. If you'd like to find out more about the services offered by Shopify Plus, head over to www.shopify.com slash plus. If you'd like to have your story told, reach out to us via the Contact Us page on www.marketing-interactive.com. We look forward to sharing your story.